to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. And welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to crisis management, resiliency, emergency uh, preparedness, business continuity, disaster planning, anything that's relatable to those subjects. Uh, speaking of which, if there is a particular subject you'd like us to talk about or have someone talk about or even have yourself come on the show to talk about, Please feel free, go to the Voice America page for the show on voiceamerica.com. There is a button underneath the graphic that says send host an email or something along those lines. I get all messages and I do respond to everything and we'll see about getting you on the show or finding someone to talk about the topic you want to hear about. We also have opportunities for sponsorship and advertising. Same way you can reach me and ask your question and we can get some information to you. Like to remind everyone that I will be speaking at the Continuity Insights Conference in San Antonio, Texas, April 20th to 22nd. So you might see me wandering around with a uh, a handheld uh, recorder. Uh, Feel free to come up and say hi. Hey, maybe I'll even get you uh, for two minutes on the show. Who knows? And today's show is brought to us by the people at BoastAssessment.com, that's B-O-A-S-T, Assessment.com, who have this great new application that allows you to track your program, uh, business continuity program progress, and help you focus your resources uh, to know how you're doing in your BIAs or how you're doing your testing and where you need to focus. Now, long-term listeners know that uh, I was at the, well, actually, myself and Voice America did a live broadcast from the Phoenix DRJ conference September 30th. During that conference, I got to meet a lot of uh, new people, and we had people come on the show and talk, and I reached out to a few others um, that I ran into along the way, and today is one of those people. Uh, I knew I wanted to speak to somebody from the Business Continuity Institute uh, U.S. chapter, it being so large and, you know, such a large uh, area that I knew I've got to find uh, this person who's the president. And lo and behold, I attended one session and turned out she was just three rows in front of me ready to actually uh, present. So I quickly ran up and introduced myself uh, to see if she would be interested in coming on the show. And thankfully, she said yes. So I'd like to welcome to the show today... Alice Coltonmark, the president of the BCI U.S. chapter. Alice, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Alex. I'm really excited to be here this evening to talk with you about all things business continuity. I love those kind of conversations. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know who you are, but because we've got a global uh, audience, there might be other people who might not be as familiar with you. So could you take a couple of minutes and uh, tell us about yourself, what you do, and how you actually got into this uh, business continuity role? Oh, gladly. 
uh, and I'll try and keep my comments brief. Um, but I, uh, well, that's okay. I'm actually an IT. I'm an IT professional who started many years ago um, in the world of IT as a software engineer, and I worked through my worked through the ranks uh, at a company called LexisNexis. And I, over the years, I've led many different organizations, uh, primarily in the software development and operations fields. Well, organization changes happen, as most of us know, and one of those came about and eliminated the position that I was in. And I wound up being slotted into this team called Business Continuity. Now, at that point, I'd had, oh, about 25 years of experience in IT, and I go into this position, and I'm like, well, what's my job? And I found out that really what I was doing was pretty much a lot of what I've been doing for many years before that. I was able to take my experience as a software engineer in knowledge of the company and wound up working in the disaster recovery space, helping to stand up a robust disaster recovery program for LexisNexis. I've been doing this since now, since 2003, and I've actually learned a lot through the years. I found that this was actually a passion of mine. I was able to keep my foot in the business side of the house as well as the technology side, which was my always my first love, and I came through and was able to marry those skills and work across the organization to truly build a resilient um, capability within the company. So I continue to enjoy that in my day job, as I say, I say uh, whenever I speak with anyone. I'm still responsible for what we're now calling technical resilience. Um, I govern the LexisNexis governance uh, IT, what well, used to be ITDR, now is technical resilience program, responsible for defining what is resilience in the cloud for our cloud operations, as well as continuing to maintain and grow our very strong traditional DR program that's in place for our on-premise services. Learning a lot and growing a lot, too, across the global organization. But as I was growing in this field and I became certified, I started then wanting to connect with others that do what I do. And um, thankfully, with a colleague of mine, started out working with Continuity Professionals of Ohio, uh, which is a regional organization uh, for business continuity professionals. It's a nonprofit mm-hmm. here in the state of Ohio where I live. I grew there. I uh, worked through the ranks of the leadership of the organization and was president of the organization <coughs> in about 2015. At that mm-hmm. time, I enjoyed doing it at the local level. Then I wanted to go to the uh, national level, and that's when I raised my hand to be nominated to the U.S. Chapter Board for the Business Continuity Institute. So my volunteer work is what brought me to meet Alex at DRJ because I'm out on the road um, a lot speaking on behalf of Business Continuity Institute and really being an evangelist for the resilience profession. And that's what I really enjoy doing. I get to keep my foot in the practitioner um, realm because that's what pays my bills, my salary, uh, and I thoroughly enjoy what I do uh, with LexisNexis and Relics Corporation, but then also uh, I love giving back to the profession and helping other professionals grow and define what um, 
what is this profession called business continuity? And now as we're moving into really defining what is organization resilience. So, well, obviously you've got lots uh, on your resume there. Uh, One thing I did find interesting is, uh, like many of us, you kind of fell into it a little bit by accident way back (laughs) when with the the job roles, you know, shuffling around. (laughs) But thank you very much, Jill, um, for for agreeing to be here. Now, my first question for you is Business Continuity Institute, BCI, um, it's large. Is there a difference between... Um, the U.S. and um, the U.K., where basically BCI is kind of, uh, I guess, for uh, the best way to say it, is headquartered, right? Is there yeah. a difference between um, the two? Well, the only difference is that um, the business we're all part of the BCI. It is one organization. It is thebci.org. Um, it's... Well, yes, it is headquartered in the UK. That's where the central offices are. It is a global membership organization that also uh, provides education and certification for business continuity professionals. But the U.S. chapter is simply that a um, it's members of the BCI who reside in the U.S., so that defines the chapter, and because this is a large um, geographic area area to cover, we do have a uh, chapter board that we work on behalf of our members to promote the BCI out across the U.S. in various venues, uh, like like you saw me at the DRJ, mm-hmm. but then also. Uh, trying to bring it to the local members and bring the value and the richness of what the BCI has to offer to members and and future members uh, in the business continuity profession. So it's really no difference. It is all the same BCI. Uh, It is all managed by central office. We are just a chapter, much like there is a chapter in the Middle East. There's a chapter in um, Dubai. There's there's chap there are chapters across the globe. In fact, right now we have uh, there are ten chapters, concrete chapters, and then there used to be what was called local forms. They're actually now been uh, branded as chapters as well. So there's mm. um, chapters in the Middle East, uh, Asia, South Asia, India. Um, Switzerland. I mean, I could go. The list goes on. But we do have members. Can't forget Canada, where I am. We have one too. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So yeah, there there are chapters all over um, the globe, and then the U.S. We chose to have one chapter to represent all of the U.S. And then what we've been doing because it is such a large organization or large geographic area, we are choosing to partner with established groups that are already in place, um, we have the benefit in the U.S. that uh, we already had organizations like uh, Association of Continuity Professionals, ACP, that is a national organization that has about 35 to 36 uh, local chapters across the U.S., mm-hmm. CPO, like I mentioned before, in Ohio, plus uh, there's I could keep on going with the acronyms um, of all the different groups across the U.S. We're partnering with those groups that are already in place to bring the value of the BCI to them as opposed to trying to set uh, 
set up a, yet additional chapters of an organization within the U.S. Other now, that was something I was going to ask you. I'm glad you kind of brought that up because yeah. with the U.S. being so large that I was wondering how you managed that because you know, if you're having a, a, a meeting, let's say, you, you said you're in Ohio, so if you're having a meeting, meeting in Ohio, you can't really expect someone from you know, uh, California or Florida to fly in for a day meeting. So I was kind of wondering how you managed such a large geographical area. And that, that's exactly how it is. So it's, we, we're choosing to partner with the local organizations. We have um, a partnership agreement with ACP National uh, to, you know, basically, you know, here's how we're going to work together. And it's all going into this, let's collaborate. We don't have to have... Um, separate BCI organizations, you know, at the local level across the U.S., because mm-hmm. then we start getting very administrative heavy. And that's, oh, not, that's not where we, you know, we're uh, a nonprofit. We want, it's about sharing uh, the thought leadership and the education and, and the richness that the BCI has to offer its members. And we can do that by partnering with the local groups that are already in place. In fact, we have a program that we call our BCI Ambassador Program, which um, is basically a BCI member who would like to be that voice in their local area. We can provide them with uh, presentation materials from the BCI on BCI reports and the other thought leadership um, information that, you know, content that we put out as an organization and we can provide that so that provide speaking opportunities for people to grow their speaking skills. But then also that um, having run a local organization like CPO, we're always looking for speakers. So this is a way to uh, kind of a win-win to bring speaker content and speakers to a local group. And um, then they get to learn about who the BCI is and we can grow the awareness of the organization and the richness of that we have to offer. Well, you mentioned ACP. I think we've actually had um, a representative of theirs on the show before. I want to say Scott Ream, but I'm not sure if I'm remembering yes. the name right. Is, am yes. I remembering Scott's it right? Currently the national president. He's the national president currently of ACP. Yeah, yeah, he came on the show and, and talked, and I think he made mention of BCI as well and partnering with other groups because they had so many little chapters. And I guess it's the way you've kind of described it too, it's um, it, it does actually bring everybody together, you know, rather than all these different standalone groups that makes it hard for some professionals to learn and network because, you know, some groups right. do like to be in their own little silo. Yeah, and, and really, none of us have a t- have the time to do that. I mean, I am pressed to be able to just do my day job, let alone connect with others. So why do we want to try and split that up, you know, make it more difficult for yeah. professionals? Um, it's meet, meet them where they are and let's work together. Mm-hmm. And then that way it leaves it up to the individual to choose uh, which organization is going to provide them the value that they need for their membership. Uh, not only their membership dollars, but who do they want to be affiliated with? So, and some organ, some um, professionals actually benefit from um, BCI as one. You know, of course, I think it's the best certification organization. <laughs> but there's, a, but you know that that's you know. But all kidding aside, 
the DRI also offers uh, solid credentials and has a strong foothold in the U.S. as well. And I happen to be DRI certified as well. So I'm one of those examples of an individual who's dual certified uh, because it's the right thing for what I need to do for me professionally. Um, But it's up to the individual. So why should we force them one way or the other? Provide the opportunities to understand what both organizations and the credentials have to offer the professional so that they can then choose what's right for them. And, and in the end, we're all in it for the same reasons, right? To reduce exactly. the impacts of disasters, reduce suffering on people and things like that. That's really our end goal at the, at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, in yeah. fact, it, the, with the BCI, uh, one of our vision statement uh, is, can really be summed up in just the, this short phrase promoting a more resilient world mm-hmm. um, because it's while business continuity is that I, I believe is at the center of driving towards organization resilience because we're the pe- place uh, within an organization that brings all the pieces and parts together we it's the all all the uh, other resilience disciplines though that we have to work with to make it truly an an organization truly resilient. So you need to partner with risk management, partner with crisis management, partner with information security, facilities management. I mean, I could go, the list can go on, but Mm -hmm. all of these functions within a company that all must work together. I mean, we all have the same goal is to keep our business running at the end of the day, no matter what happens, keep our business running. And then if we, each each business and each, um, you know, government organization, if they're all doing what they should be doing to keep them running, then we end up driving towards that resilient world because we've right. kept, we've taken care of it at our, on our home front so that then we can work together with our um, fellow organizations across the, the globe. Now, that brings me to a good point, but we've already come to the end of our first segment, believe it or not. See how fast time flies? Um, I'm going to ask you a question about that when we come back. Today, we're talking with Alice Kaltenmark, the president of BCI US. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we and how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. 
If you are a pet owner, you know there's a special connection between us and our pets. They are part of the family. The owners of special breeds also understand the important roles they play. Tune in for Greyhounds Make Great Pets to find out more about one special breed. Hosted by Rory and Kathy Goray, along with TJ Beter, we'll focus on greyhounds, but we'll also cover topics that apply to any pet owner, like animal welfare issues, racing, and more. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. Today we are talking with the president of the BSI chapter for the U.S., Alice Kaltenmark. Alice, in the first segment, you talked about the various chapters um, that are around the globe, uh, Southeast Asia, U.S., you know, um, U.K., where their headquarters, there's one here in Canada, and you mentioned some others. And, and you also mentioned the, the partnering, especially in the U.S., because of the geographical size with different groups like ACP. I'm wondering, how do uh, you, or the BCI, I should say, take lessons learned from some of those chapters to share with the other chapters. An example would be, you know, what's happening in Australia with all the bushfires and the, the problems they're having there. And I'm sure they're going to have some lessons learned. How do the lessons learned from that get shared with the rest of, you know, the, the BCI to create that um, resilient world? Great question. In fact, uh, I can, I'm better uh position to answer that question today than I would have been back when I saw you at DRJ. Um, <laughs> one of the key, one of the key uh, ways we can share a lot of that information is we have created a BCI volunteers network. We actually all met and the BCI brought us all to London in the UK for the BCI World Conference. And we were able, um, all the chapter leaders were able to meet together and talk uh, about some of our lessons learned and, and to share information, but mainly connecting us as a strong network so that we can communicate as we're learning things. So that's one way is just building that internal network so that we can um, share lessons learned uh, amongst ourselves. 
But one of the other ways that there's actually a few different ways that we are able to share information as we go through um, and experience uh, life across the globe. Number one, we can do webinars. As we uh, have case studies, things happen. We can do presentations within our local chapters. Um, like I know in um, Australia, the, the chapter there, they do bring, they get the members together a few times throughout the year and they can share their case studies there. Those can then go into uh, and be converted to webinars and we do, we publish webinars on a very frequent basis. And the wonderful thing is on the with the BCI, all of the webinars are free to attend. Um, you can uh, you can register for them. They're open to members across the globe. Uh, you can check out what is being offered and register off of the BCI website at thebci.org. But also... Um, not everyone can attend a webinar being offered in Australia. If you happen to live in North America, timing doesn't mm-hmm. always work. All webinars yeah. are recorded so that you can go, uh, while you may not have been able to attend the webinar when it was first um, shared, you can go and uh, share the or view the recorded recording of the webinar. Then another way we do it is through research papers. We do the uh, research reports. The BCI sends out um, several surveys throughout the year, and one was based on organization resilience. We do the BCI Horizon Scan Report every year. Uh, there is, which is great for, you know, what are the threats on the horizon? What, you know, what's keeping executives up at night? Um, we do one on supply chain resilience. There's several that are offered, but these surveys mm-hmm. uh, go out to members, uh, BCI members and other industry um, leaders, you know, think the C-suite and other industry professionals, and that data has been brought in and assessed and reports are written. Those reports are then available uh, for free if you're a BCI member. Uh, many are available just uh, to at least read the abstracts on on our website, but it's sharing back through, you know, the lessons of many. Also then, of course, conferences, um, that it's shared that way. So there's there's multiple channels. We also have an academic journal that has uh, had its first um, publishing in August of 2019. So the first issue was published of our academic journal, so it's exploring a lot of these things. We also have a quarterly magazine, Continuity and Resilience magazine, where, again, a lot of the lessons learned, you can, depending on what happened in your area, you can share that. It can be published when, when you get, um, you are now published, but then also you can um, share what you've learned with everyone else. And if that wasn't enough, you can also write blog articles and submit them to be posted in the news section of the BCI website. And that's one area that we're really focusing on in the U.S. is really solicit, you know, soliciting that content from our members. Because to your point, we're all experiencing different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have 
we all have information that is valuable to others. In fact, you don't really realize how much of what you deal with on a day-to-day basis would be of interest to other professionals. So we're we're trying to encourage people to lean in, write about, you know, two, three paragraphs. doesn't have to be a lot, but get the conversation started. And let's post it out on the website. We're pushing our, our social media channels, our LinkedIn group, uh, as well as our Twitter and Instagram accounts, so that we can get any way we can communicate and share information. We're all about doing that. So not only sending out what's coming from central office, but amongst our members and get that conversation started because we all have something to learn from each other. So with that content that you mentioned, you know, posting to uh, social media sites or the blog, I, I should say, really, does it have to be anything specific? Can it just be, you know, something quick, uh, you know, because a lot of people don't participate in that because they think it's going to take too much time. So are you just looking for anything? Because you did mention a couple of paragraphs, you know, that it's not subject specific, is it? Right. No, it's, you know, could just be, I was pondering this today and this is what I found and just putting out, you know, what are your thoughts? Again, like I said, it's get that conversation started. So it doesn't, I know what you're meaning. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, you know, 15 page white paper. All that being mm-hmm. said, we do do the thought leadership pieces like that. In fact, we have a group called the Next Practice Group that's led by uh, Frank Lady right at the moment in the U.S. We've got about 15 members on that team that are working on doing that in-depth research and writing those longer reports. That takes a lot of work. Not everybody has time for that. So mm-hmm. no, really, I'm, I, I've, I've written a couple of blog articles. It just uh, summarizing the events at the various conferences that I've uh, been attending on the behalf of the BCI, and just sharing about it. And here's what I learned. You know, I I learned about this today. Um, that's valuable to people to understand what's going on, where what's happening across. You know, what's happening in your neck of the woods? Uh, I'm starting to like that phrase because uh, we want to know what's happening in your local area and share that with others so we can learn. And if you've experienced something, you know, somebody else is probably experiencing it too or exactly. is about to experience that and could learn from either your success or your trip <laughs> slip or something that, right. hey, I learned this and this, if you do this, you might not go through what I went through type thing. Exactly. And and I know one of the other big concerns, and this was one that actually kept my kept me quiet for so long, is like, well, I can't speak about my company. I can't talk about my day job mm-hmm. per se, um, you know, and posting and stuff because, you know, that's confidential information. And I'd have to, like, even for being able to go and present at conferences that I did I had the privilege to do that at one conference? I spoke at a Gartner conference in 2015, but I had to, the vetting that I had to go through internally because you know you have to do make sure go through legal and communications to make sure that oh, you're yeah. not saying anything <laughs> that can't be made public. Well, with what we're trying to encourage here by leaning in, you just talk. It doesn't have to be about your job or anything specific about your company. You can make it generic and just, I've experienced this. Um, a topic mm-hmm. that I, I still need to write up was, I, I live in the Dayton, Ohio, 
Dayton, Ohio area, and we the mass shootings that happened in August, which was right after the major um, tornadoes that came through on Memorial Day. And I just had observations about how the um, city leadership managed the event. Our police um, and our first responders and the city government. And I was impressed with how the Dayton City uh, leadership managed through that that crisis. And so those are things that you can talk about. You can take your experience and comment on what's happening around you. You don't have to worry about it. I'm not speaking on behalf of my company. I'm speaking on behalf of me. What do I think? What's my opinion? Right. I think that's good because, you know, I think that networking, you share more than you do sometimes by, you know, the big reports. And I'm not putting those down at all. um, Oh, no. We need them. (laughs) Yeah, we need them. You know, there is good information in there. But sometimes those quick little two, three paragraphs, like you said, of, oh, I experienced this, can help just as much. You know, it can mean so much more for some people. I agree. Well, let's talk about the U.S. chapter specifically for a few minutes uh, with what's left in our second segment here. Uh, how, If someone wanted to contact you about the BCI U.S. chapter, how do they go about doing that? The easiest way to get in touch with me is to send me an email. You can reach me at usachapterleader at bcichapter.net. That will get directly to me. Um, the other way is you could connect with me on LinkedIn and, and send me a post on LinkedIn. We've, um, I'm Alice Carlson Mark on LinkedIn. Just, I guarantee you I'm the only one out there. Um, <laughs> I'm one of a kind. <laughs> but seriously, I'm the only person on LinkedIn named Alice Carlson Mark. Um, but uh, just reach out to me that way. Um, and I, I'll gladly connect you with the right people. Uh, you can also find us on the bci.org is our website. Uh, but that And you can navigate through to get to the USA chapter from the website, but the best way is just directly with email. Uh, Again, that is usachapterleader at bcichapter.net. That way, if when my tenure as president uh, concludes, that email address transitions then to the next person. So that's the one thing that's constant. You'll know you at least get to one person in the leadership team, and then we mm-hmm. can get you connected to the right people. Who, what can, Depending on what your question is and what your needs are, then we can get you connected with the right resources in the organization. And, hey, they may even become a local representative for the BCI, speaking that's at one of those right. uh, local partnerships, right? <laughs> As, exactly. In fact, I've been, I've had the pleasure of talking with two such individuals just in the last week, where they reached out and said, "Hey, I want you know, I I publish a newsletter. Well, Central Office pub- publishes it for me, uh, but I said we're looking for we need." people in our local areas to represent us because that's one thing that we're changing this year in what we're doing. So we'll probably need to pick this up in the next segment about what we're going to be doing uh, in 2020 uh, for BCI. But I was saying, I need volunteers. And I've 
already received a great response on that. And um, it, it's great because then that way we can make those connections and start building that interest in the local uh, areas and let it grow organically across the U.S. Well, I, and I think um, we will touch base on that in the next segment. So I'm going to end this segment a minute early so that because once we start talking on it, I know we'll just keep going. So, <laughs> right. so well, I'm going to end the segment here. Uh, today we're talking with Alice Kaltenmark, the president of the BCI chapter, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we and how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. If you are a pet owner, you know there's a special connection between us and our pets. They are part of the family. The owners of special breeds also understand the important roles they play. Tune in for Greyhounds Make Great Pets to find out more about one special breed. Hosted by Rory and Kathy Goray, along with TJ Beter, we'll focus on greyhounds, but we'll also cover topics that apply to any pet owner, like animal welfare issues, racing, and more. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. 
Again, that's info at stone-road.com. Now back to preparing for the unexpected. And welcome back to the show. Today we are talking with the president of the BCI U.S. chapter, Alice Kaltenmark. Alice, just before we went away on the end of our second segment, you were going to start telling us about uh, some of the initiatives that you've got planned uh, for BCI uh, U.S. chapter. Do you want to tell us about some of those? Oh, definitely. Well, I'm excited <laughs> about what we've got coming up in 2020. Um, in once a year, the um, chapter board gets together for a face-to-face meeting where we talk about what's happened the past year, what do we want, and then setting our strategy for where we want to go in the coming year. And this last um, face-to-face board meeting that we had at, at the conclusion of the DRJ conference in Phoenix, we made a critical decision, and we're changing our approach for the U.S. We had chosen historically to align ourselves with the national conferences primarily because, again, the market saturated, didn't need another large national uh, level conference offered. Um, you know, getting people to be able to pay the, the fees to go to the large conferences and mm-hmm. get the travel dollars and all that associated, it's just adding another one to the mix, which really wasn't the right answer for the U.S. But as we were partnering, uh, we were partnering primarily with DRJ, and they've been a great partner up through this time. It wasn't really achieving what we needed for our members, and that was to bring a more local presence across the U.S. to the BCI members. To that point, not everyone can afford to go to the, the larger national conferences. I know uh, if it wasn't for the BCI being able to uh, send me to the various conferences over the last three to four years, I wouldn't have been able to go to a single conference because my business uh, budgets are for my day job are very limited. And so I know that's the case for many others. So we made the tough decision to say, okay, we need to take a step back from our our strategy that's what we've done in the past, and let's rethink this. And this is why we've decided it's time to get to the heart of the matter. What do our members need? And so we've decided to start piloting, looking at setting up local events, partnering with existing organizations like an ACP chapter or CPO chapter or possibly BARMA uh, which is uh, Business Resilience Managers Association in San Francisco. Just I know a couple them. of examples. I've had them on the show. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Fiona's <laughs> great, and so is the whole team. Um, so what we're looking at is um, starting small and let things grow organically so that we're bringing the BCI to the local areas. Don't know what this is going to look like uh, in its totality just yet. We're targeting towards the end of this year to have our first event. So right mm-hmm. now we're doing the research to say, okay, where are our members? Where do, where would be the right place? And it doesn't mean it's just going to be one place. It could be, you know, several places. I don't know yet, but we want to let this grow. And what we're going to do is we're looking at maybe a half day event where we're doing mm-hmm. Uh, two to four speakers, uh, but bring but make, 
making it BCI content primarily, but bringing education BCI courses to a local region so that we can bring things to a local area where there's a a potentially larger concentration of individuals so that we can mitigate those cost issues of the time away from the office, uh, cost to attend, to make mm-hmm. it so that it's affordable to, so we can bring the value of the BCI to them locally and they can not only learn about the BCI, but then take advantage of it. And then we grow even, you know, we grow our members, but not only do we increase our membership numbers, which, by the way, is a nice side benefit, but that's not the crux of it. It's to bring that resilient community together. So we are, like I said, it's in a changing, um, changing paradigm for us. So we're, instead of trying to do, uh, you know, the broad full region, uh, full geographic area at once, like that, what we have been doing, we're now taking a step back and bringing it more local. That being said, though, we will be at Continuity Insights at San Antonio this year because we will be, uh, that's where we will be presenting the BCI America's Awards. That will be uh, at the beginning of the uh, Continuity Insights Conference. It'll be, I think it's going to be on Sunday evening. I'm not, don't quote me on that just yet. Uh, and we're still planning those details, but we will be presenting the America's Awards at uh, Continuity Insights. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll see you again in a couple of yeah, months. That's right. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be speaking a couple of times as well. So hopefully we're not speaking at the same time so we can attend each other's sessions. I, yeah, I hope not. I should check that out just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know some people, though. Maybe they can adjust the agenda a little bit if we need it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what other what other kind of things do you have, You know, even your own personal goals, what you would like to see for the U.S. chapter? You know, well, anything you can share? Number one is, is that bringing that local presence and really bringing it um, – really broadening the awareness of the BCI across the U.S. Even with having over a 1,000 members within the U.S., it's still just scratching the surface of the uh, professionals that do this on a day-to-day basis across the country. So by giving this local presence and growing this local base, we're hoping that, number one, we grow that awareness so that people know who the BCI is and that employers start knowing who the BCI is and that BCI credentials are, you know, are solid credentials that are globally recognized that mm-hmm. are what they want to hire. That's, that's what they want. Those skills are what they want to look for. One of the other changes that's happening at uh, the central office uh, arena with BCI is we have an alternate path to membership uh, for folks that had already held credentials with another or um, certifying body that they could then transition that into a BCI membership at the appropriate level. That had been put on hold because they took a step back and realized we need to make it more fair, that we're really recognizing that true experience, not just certain organization certifications, but really opening that up and being fair because as we're building a more resilient world, we're also working to build um, alliances with 
the other resilience disciplines like the you know risk management organizations. Um, no, AI, I'm glad you AI said AI that because AI that AI. just cropped in that cropped into my head when you were saying that. Yes. That uh, you know, fact, being fair, and I thought, oh, wait a minute, resilient organization. You mentioned, you know, a half dozen or more areas earlier yeah. on in the show, and I thought, okay, what if people are coming from one of those disciplines, but okay, have exactly. been working with business continuity people? Exactly, because you've been doing risk management, or you've been doing information security, or you've been doing internal audit. I mean, there's all these professions that all play together. So we are, as we're uh, driving towards building the Resilience Alliance, which watch this space, there will be an announcement on that in in the first quarter, uh, announcing the formation of of an alliance. I can't talk too much about it, but it is coming. Uh, but until until that comes, how do we recognize that? So one thing that I'm really excited about is we've built a competency framework that recognizes all skills. So while the technical skills are still um, obviously based on the good practice guidelines, which is the core of our education, um, you know, that's the foundation of our education Um, curriculum. It's what we certify against is good practice guidelines, which are uh, directly aligned with ISO 22301 standard. And it's it's reviewed and audited by members that serve both on the standards committee as well as uh, within the BCI on the GPG, the Good Practice Guidelines Review Board. We, um, the, the good practice guidelines, the six practice areas are the technical competencies, but then recognizing the competencies that make the total professional. So it's taking it from the technical skills and then those, uh, soft skills, so to, so to speak, leadership, mm-hmm. uh, communication, all of those things that if you don't have these skills, you can't even succeed in this profession. And then underlying that all with the foundation of, Ethics and integrity, because without that, you're, you know, if you don't, if you're not ethical in your behavior and, and work, you know, live Well, if you're not integrity. striving to, to reduce the impacts of disasters and reduce the suffering that people can, right. you know, experience, well, then you're defeating the purpose. Exactly. So, but the competency framework is, um, it's, Near, nearly ready to go live with. We did preliminarily share that at the World Conference in London this past November. Uh, but once that goes out, then it's, we're going to bring that ability back in to, uh, based on your experience, if you can demonstrate through your experience that you already have the experience and the skills, that you can then... Uh, enter in at the right level of membership within the BCI. So I'm excited about that because then that can help us really enrich the resilience community and truly Mm -hmm. help us to build that resilient world. I I agree. I think that's a great way of bringing in others who may not normally um, consider being a part of BCI, but changing those competencies and and how that's going to be... um, um, what's the right word I want to say, measured or, or, you know, assessed, can really open up the doors to a lot of new areas. Exactly. And and we don't want to, it's about um, 
inclusion. We don't want to exclude mm-hmm. anyone just because they don't have the right letters after their name. And they, some of these other industries of, uh, can bring in some new ideas, too. Right, because we we have to work together. Um, one thing I, I tell yeah. the people all the time is the way the pace of change and the pace of the markets today, we no longer have the luxury of time where we can operate in these silos. We have to work together because that's how things are they're happening today. It's boom, boom, boom between natural disasters, cyber attacks, you know, you name it. I mean, the list goes on. This is, this is our real life today. And so we, we can't exclude people. We have to look at that in, uh, inclusivity. It's one of our strategic aims to provide wor- uh, worldwide help to those involved in organization resilience, wherever that may be. So uh, as we build the resilience community, mm-hmm. will everyone become a member of the BCI? Probably not, but why shouldn't we uh, share what we have, our knowledge and our, con- you know, our best practices so that we can improve, you know, everyone can learn from that and improve from each other. And then those that want to concentrate on business continuity, then we have the right, you know, the logical home for you within the BCI because that is at the core of who we are and will remain at our core for you know that we're that we're the business continuity institute. That's not changing. That's going forward. But recognizing we are only part of that wider uh, system of resilience. Well said. We have two and a half minutes left. Uh, do you want to take a minute and a half and give any final thoughts on the industry or BCI uh, US chapter and anything you'd like to uh, bring forward for a minute and a half? <laughs> if it's possible. Uh, well, I try and be brief. <laughs> uh, but mainly just bringing back on that driving towards a resilience community. Um, we have to work together. We have to collaborate. And that means all of the other organizations that are like-minded so the ACPs, even the DRIs, I mean, we got, we all have our place. We have our specific niches that we address, but by reaching out and locking arms together or holding hands, whatever analogy you want, by working together, we actually improve it for everyone. And that way we bring the value to our members that they need and they can come. It can be an either and doesn't have to be an either or. Uh, so I really want that is what we're working towards is that world where we collaborate together to improve the re- continuity and resilience in its entirety, not just building just the BCI. It's building the community and helping each other out. That's what we're all about. So if you've got ideas or thoughts in this space, I want to hear them. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Lean in. I mean, take my phrase. Lean in. Be part of the conversation. Be part of the solution. Let's work together to make that resilient world. Well, on that message, I think we've come to the end of the show. Thank you very much, Alice, for your obvious passion for the industry. Um, I think the U.S. is in great hands. Um, the USA chapter of BCI that I mean (laughs) is in great hands lots of passion and I really look forward to some of the exciting announcements that uh, you've alluded to as they slowly unfold through 2020 so thank you very much for sharing your time with us 
Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Great. And I will see you in San Antonio in a couple of months. You got it. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Great. And to everybody out there, again, if there's a topic you want us to talk about, please feel free, send me an email or advertise uh, your product or service. Same way, send me an email. Um, And I just happened to mention it with Alice. We'll both be in uh, San Antonio for the Continuity Insights Conference, April 20th to 22nd. And I want to thank everybody at BoastAssessment.com for sponsoring the show today. So in the meantime, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.